Hello, everybody, and welcome to the A3 Footy Podcast. We're back for another season preview slash review. The footy season's fast approaching, and guess what? We're back in the Tom Hickey studio, everybody. Come on. Um, we're, we're, we're still down one. Alex Catalano is still enjoying his uh, overseas adventures over over in the States. Yep. But he'll be back next week. But I do have with me, as always, Alex Miller. Oh, I'm very keen to get stuck into this season review and preview, Doc. It's a team close to your heart. And um, I tell you what, as I just said before we went to air, I was racking through some of these names. It's going to be a very exciting season for your team, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, well, we're down to the last of uh, our three teams here in the A3. We've done Cat's team. We've done team and now it's time for my t- my team yep. um now look 2022 i don't really want to bring it back up miller but how do you sum up the season doc for western bulldogs of last year it was very up and down uh, i yep. mean look in fairness we were lucky to to get into the finals yeah the only reason we got in there because carlton couldn't finish up uh <laughs> finish off collingwood no um but 12 wins from from 22 games and I think I think it was best exemplified. I've already talked about the final uh, last year, mm. but the game against Frio in the final was an exa- It was a big example of yep. of our season. We were up by about forty points uh, early in the early in the second quarter, and then we just sort of lacked just lacked the um the killer instinct we had from the year before grand finals in twenty twenty one, and it's a massive year for the club. Um, Obviously, Luke Beveridge was given the uh, the two year contract mm. extension uh, at the start of the year or late late December. It's a, it's an interesting call. Um, it's one that I've sort of tossed and turned about. On one hand, you know, it's great to back in the coach uh, at, at a time. At, yeah, and if you, the more you leave it out, the more yeah. it's yep. the more it's going to play on. But he in the entire time Luke Beveridge has been a coach, Miller, mm. the dogs have not been a top four team in the home and away season. Yep. and that and that bothers me. Uh, and it should bother a lot of other people. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, granted, th- like this, we've got a. In terms of talent-wise, this team's good. This and I, th- I think we like to do. We like to start. We like to always do these positive things. Yep. Uh, and I think our off-season, there's there, there, there was a bit of tumultuary t- tumultuity with it. Mm. Uh, Josh Dunkley left. Uh, there was a big, big uh, debate about what he was worth, and in the end, probably got unders for him. Yep. But the fact that we brought in, we we. We identified needs as well. Yeah, Rory Lobb. I've said I've said my sixpence on countless times. Yeah, but Liam Jones and we we saw the we saw the practice game on the weekend had nine intercept marks against against albeit North Melbourne, but still you can you only play with what's in front of you, Miller. And he looked like he hasn't missed a beat. Yeah, I think definitely you know it'd been three thousand plus days since he last taken a footy field. So pretty good effort in general. Um, I, I think look, it's interesting how to assess last year. I, I think. I feel like for the last three seasons, I've been saying, Doc, that every time I come to the off-season, I just feel a bit underwhelmed with what the Bulldogs produce because I've always pretty got high expectations of this list. And I think, again, it's gone up to another level with the you know off-season acquisitions. And I think not only with you know Lobb and, and Jones coming in are obviously great, they're going to get players almost back vo- via interclub trade, you'd say, with the return through injuries. I think that you're going to see... Well, Josh Bruce is one that the jury's still out on. I think he can still find his best footy. It is taking a bit longer, and it does sometimes when you, you know, he's a big boy, key, you know, key forward and key back. Um, the, he's played most of the preseason down back, which is interesting. But also, you get Toby McLean back, who is huge, Doc. I know me and you are really high on him, and what he can produce when he's fit is some really good stuff. Great to see him get some midfield minutes as well. And I also think as well, you, th- you think about the guys... I think if Scott gets a full year at it, you were really impressed with his work in the practice game, which I love. And also, 
I like the idea as well. If if Keith gets a clean run as well, and Tim English hopefully gets to play the full full year, um, but I just think there's a lot of talent on this list that you look at and you think that you know getting them back, and also the young fellas. I think Sam Darcy's the big one for mine. I reckon he's going to push Will Ashcroft. I said to you last week, Doc, really <laughs> close. I think that. He'll play every week, I think, Darcy. Whether he's going to be, you know, elite each week is another thing. And we're not expecting him to. You know, the guy's still a very young man. He's very raw in his career. You know, he's only played the four AFL games and still only 19. But his upside is something that's tremendous. 208 centimetres to move like that is pretty scary, really. Yeah, and I think that I think that was it has been a, a large part about my criticism about the structure of this team for mm. the last couple of years was the fact it was really just Tim English yeah. as the as the number one ruck and he, and he and over the last couple of years he still showed signs he was underdeveloping and again in the elimination finally had his pants pulled down by uh, Sean Darcy, but the fact now is that you can and we've seen this over the last couple of weeks as well in the in the trial games is that they're not afraid to try something different. They're going to go. They're going to play a little, a little bit taller. Who's your second ruck? Do you think to English? Who Who do you see in your eyes complimenting him? I think it's, at the moment it's going to be Lob, um, and, and I don't doubt that Sam Darcy will find minutes as well because mm. you need you need to get some run on the legs at some point. You're not going to get him playing as a third string full forward. I think definitely as a forward ruck. Uh, but I do like actually I do like Lob in the ruck. I think he adds something because he one thing that I think is underrated in his game. He's got he's got a bit of creativity by with his hands. So if he can get that involved, you have a bit... Well, I don't think we've fully been able to see that, particularly at Frio, because Darcy, even though they both were rucks, took on a lot of the load. But I think with Bevo and, you know, his view towards rucks, Doc, that I think he'll be more than willing to try lob through there. But I agree. I think it's a good compliment. Yeah, absolutely. And and as well, look, it's going to stretch a lot of defences. And we know... It's the defensive the defensive aspect of footy now has become more of an aerial sort of game in yeah. terms of trying to pick off marks and intercepts and another part of what lob adds is it'll allow Aaron Norton to play a little bit more loosely and, mm. and get those sort of isolated one on one shots um, you know in inside fifty and and it's scary to think that last year he kicked fifty one thirty four. There is so much potential with this lineup. He now. left about twenty on the table last year. Yeah, look, <laughs> there, there was a bit he left on, but the thing is, though, he's still like in his early twenties, oh. Norton. So there's, th- th- there is still a ceiling that is yet to be reached well, with him. I think a lot of the talls have untapped potential still. Like I think that this group has a really good blend. I'd probably say personally that they have the best sort of, you know, forward and tall defense setup now in the comp in the team, really. But it has to click. On paper, it's like that, but I don't see it click because I agree. I think Darcy and also, um, you know, Norton are still very young. But I also think that you look at somebody, you know, like Lobb. Yes, you know, he's been around the block and, you know, he's got a point, I think, still to prove at 30. I think he's got to prove to the comp that, you know, he was worth, you know, the second round pick that was given up for him because we've seen Lobb at his best is unbeatable. But his worst is nowhere near it. So he needs to find a bit more consistency. And I think he can find it at the dog's stock because I think he'll be just playing a role that's not going to be expected to kick 40, 50 goals. But I think he'll be there to support Norton, take some you know, pressure away, not help Tim English in the ruck. That's That would be my goal if I'm the coaching staff at the dogs for him. Yeah, well, one, one criticism, and I've been big on it with Rory Lobb mm. over the last year, two years, is that he turns up when he wants to. <sighs> Not when the club wants. To. Yeah, yep. Uh, and that's got to change. I don't know whether or not it's 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 more of a issue with Fremantle or yep. and and to a lesser extent GWS, but you can see in 
through body language, particularly in the final Frio played last year mm. against Collingwood, that he just looked like he didn't want to be there. He checked out, I think. Oh, yeah, 100% he did. But the word is, though, he looks like, and, and in the games that I've seen, he looked like he's applying himself really well. Didn't have a good game, particularly against North Melbourne, but he no. didn't need to. Oh. And that's probably one big benefit of that because yeah. Norton kicked four, Jamara kicked three, Sam Darcy got on, got on the end of a couple as well. So I think just having him there just adds a, Adds an extra dynamic and it allows guys to to get to get a better look at to get a better look at goal. And whilst on Jamara, the positive was that he played 17 games last year, and including that big five bag against uh, against Melbourne uh, yep. late in the year. I just this guy looks like he's ready to break out. I think so. I think the thing with Jamara is that he's got all the attributes in the right places, and to think still at 20, we haven't seen it fully together. We've seen glimpses of it, which is great. And we can all see it. And I think that if we can see that consistently, we're gonna, he's going to prove why he was you know, taken where he was and why he's still highly regarded. And that's the most exciting thing, Doc, I think. You think about Darcy and Jamara, eight, uh, 19 and 20 respectively. So the upside is there, but they've also got the top-end talent. I think the midfield is that's been heavily talked about for a couple of years. You know, you've got Trelaw, Bontempelli, Libba, McRae, all these names, Baz running through there. There's plenty of good players. You know, and we're seeing the young fellas like West getting a go through there. Garcia, who we're a big fan of, the little mole rat. He loves a tackle. Um, but I think the talent's there. I want to see 2023, I want to see it all come together because I can't see any excuses coming to this year for mine. It shouldn't. There shouldn't be any excuses. I mean, really, realistically, 2021 should have been mm. the benchmark of where it was, yep. of, of where this club should be at. It's taken about three steps backwards uh, last year. and. Yeah. I don't know whether or not it's through uh, a shortened preseason in comparison to other clubs, or whether or not it's just pure mental strength yep. and mental fatigue yep. that that it is. Because there were there were games during the year where they looked like the twenty twenty one side. I think back to the game against West Coast, yeah, where they absolutely blew them out of the park. You know, the game against North Melbourne where they kicked eight goals in the opening quarter, and for three of those four quarters they looked completely dominant. Mm. And then there were and then. Games like Sydney, where they had them on toast, should have should have had the game sewn up at half time, but poor kicking meant that they were still in it. Yeah, uh, and and as well, ga- uh, games like games like the Greater Western Sydney game, where they sort of they sort of flirted with uh, mm. with throw with with putting the foot in the putting the foot in the throat of the Giants, but they just sort of couldn't exactly do it. Yeah. But yeah, th- that's that's probably probably one of the biggest uh, concerns. Uh, look, the the departure of Dunkley. A lot. Of, it's funny when when Trelaw came to the club. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the end of twenty twenty, it was like, oh, how are you going to fit in everyone? Yeah. That that was that was a big criticism. Yep. We've we've figured that out in twenty twenty one. Now Dunkley's gone. It's like, oh, the midfield's taking a hit. How are they going to recover? Yeah. I, th- I think that's crap. <laughs> <laughs> that's crap. I think it is interesting. Yeah, to think like that because. I don't know. I think it's next man up. And I think that there's enough talent in the dogs midfield that, yes, they might not be able to equally replace Dunkley's um, contributions, but I think they're going to find a, a player or two. I think, as I mentioned, Weston Garcia before, I'd like to see West get more midfield time this year. But um, he proved really good as a forward last year, for sure. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's a player that needs a big year, Riley West, because... Mm. There's no doubt that the talent is there. There's no doubt that he's got the, the, the football pedigree from his mm. old man, who was an absolute gun. jet. He's a gun. He was an absolute jet. Um, and if, if he was playing at a, a bigger name club like Collingwood, then he wouldn't have. no one would have stopped talking about him. That, That's true. He, he was that far ahead of everybody else in the clearance game. It was just ridiculous. Mm. But 
No, look, he needs a big year. I don't know whether or not he'll be in the midfield. He's still behind quite a few players in that respect. Uh, you know, Liberatore, he looks like he's ready to go just another level. Like, it's just ridiculous how... Which is scary. It, it's just ridiculous just how, like, he was. he's already best and fair. And, and mm. he was already best and fairest winner. This was years ago. This was when McCartney was coaching the bloody club. Yeah. Yep. Um, but as well, you've got Bonapelli, McRae, Bailey Smith most likely to play some midfield minutes yep. as well. And Trelaw, not exactly sure where he's at, but I think he'll probably be playing more minutes as well. Um, they, they were trialing Caleb Daniel as a midfielder throughout the preseason. He was playing a bit more across the natural uh, halfback position, yeah. which is something I'm not a big fan of. I think he's much better off higher up the ground where you're, you're allowed to use that creativity and composure. I wouldn't mind to see him at half forward, even high half forward. Yeah, well, we've we've tossed around that idea a couple of times, Miller. Mm. The the idea of him playing as as a, as a half forward. He's an elite kick. He's, so. a, he, he's a great kick, and and I think already that the forwards are. Showing great cohesion, yeah, and uh, they, they just need to, they just need to worry they just need to sort of. This was a big criticism on on Saturday when they played North mm. was that there were they there were a couple of times they were going up together and they were getting in each other's way. I know Darcy did it once. I think Jamara did it once. Norton's Norton's done it for for a fair bit, but I think when Norton's the number one key forward, you've got to let him have yeah, it. Got to let him have that. I think I agree with you on the defense point. I think that just given Caleb Daniel's size and the way that a lot of teams are going now, I think we're we're sort of turning it, I reckon, around a bit now, Doc, where teams are more likely to go with four tools than three. So I think matching up or even, you know, three and a half is, is a very common term that's now used at the moment where you've got a sort of a um, 192, 195 operator. And I think that for, for the Dogs defensively, I think they've got the good matchups for that. But I don't think Daniel's a really good answer for that. But I think overall, if you looked at last year, one thing I thought that, that did work for the Dogs was their offensive firepower. And they were getting lots of scores and opportunities. They weren't always converting. But most games, other than not, they were scoring really well. So... That's a positive, but it sort of feeds into my negative, Doc, and I know me and you had many conversations about that, which is the defence. I think that this year I need to see the doggy midfielders defensively transition. Yeah. I haven't seen it. It's it's been a bit of a reoccurring theme over the last maybe four years where the dogs, they like to play this game where they feed out quick handballs, Mm. but one one wrong handball, one turnover, and it's sort of all all shit hits the fan. And... As a fa- as a fan, you get sick of watching the same thing, and it, and, and nothing really changes. Mm. I think the addition of Jones, we talked about it just before briefly, but I think the the addition of Jones helps so many players. Oh, absolutely. Garner will probably miss the first couple of games, but I thought he had a great a greatly improved year, mm. especially th- second half. Of the year was really good. Absolutely. Ke- Alex Keith had a. I I want to say a horrible year, <laughs> not because not because he was you know I, I, look maybe he was a little bit of a liability but he he found himself in the hands of trainers more often, more weeks than not. yeah he didn't look great last year copped didn't, it a fair bit didn't look great last year but apparently he slimmed down a lot and, he, and it's pretty noticeable as well when you, when yeah, you saw him looked, when when you saw him on the weekend he looked like he was um he's ready to he's ready to get back his spot in the team and mm. and I and I think and I think so and I think as well when we recruited Keithy uh, at the end of twenty nineteen I think it was. He was recruited as a third man up defender. Yeah, not a key defender. Not a key defender, and the dogs sort of forced him out of necessity to play, make him play as that key mm. defender. Now with the addition of Jones, it frees him up to go back to that role, yeah. and I think he plays that role really, really well. Yeah, and I think as well something that was missed as well last year defensively is um, Crozier and Duray. 
I think that both those guys play really important lockdown roles that aren't, you know, your Bailey Dale getting 25, 30. Isn't Caleb Daniel, you know, getting his 25. These are the guys that are the grit, you know, hard one-on-one defenders for the sort of small to medium operators. And having, you know, them both out due to form and injury at times really, I think, hurt defensively. And one thing that is I'm very interested to see as well, Doc, is obviously Marcus Bontempelli is one of the best players in the comp. And one reason is because his versatility. We've seen him go forward where he can add there. I think, though, what I think has been a missing link defensively for the midfield is because when Bont is forward, there's no one to hold the accountability defensively. And I think that Libo does his best. But I think guys like, I need to see, you know, I need to see Bailey Smith tackle somebody defensively. I need to see him, you know, it's not about, I don't mean go win a 50-50 contestable. I mean, work your ass off defensively as a winger because what he adds offensively is class. We know that. And that's why he's so highly regarded. But there's, you think about the great wingers of the comp, aren't the guys necessarily getting 25 a game? It's those two-way, you know, sort of wingers. You think about Sam Walsh when he plays outside. He's that good blend. You know, Brayshaw, even he's worked defensively from Frio. McIntosh is a guy, um, both wings. And Mitch Duncan's sort of been the pinnacle of that. You know, his work defensively is something that doesn't get talked about enough. So not at all. I think last year as well was the effect of the Lockie Hunter and Bailey Smith duo talk being two guys that love to get forward and kick the footy. But you've got to take some accountability to get back. And I saw that from Oscar Baker on the week. And I think his ability not just to cover, you know, metres, but to work his ass off defensively is probably something drilled in from his Melbourne days. But he's already shown that he's willing to work his ass off. Yeah, well, he, he, he looms as a really big pickup this year, Oscar Baker. He's in round one. Oh, absolutely. He's a lock. We... we, we we talked about the loss of uh, we talked about loss of Hunter off Air Miller and mm. how how that's going to be covered, but I think we found our answers with uh, Scott and 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 big, big, Oscar Baker. Big year for Scott as well, Doc. You were talking about him before. What did you like from him? What you've seen early days? The the fact that he saw he can sort of add some forward potency. He kicked three goals on the weekend, and I think it's he a kicked, nice kick as well. He, he kicked a, he kicked a couple of goals in the intra club as well off off the top of my memory. Mm. So. He's he's someone who can add scoreboard impact, and you mentioned the score the um the scoreboard influence. They were fifth in the competition last year, yeah. so I think forward wise, we talk about yeah, their entries that sometimes are a bit rubbish, but they can still produce yeah. they can still produce scores on the board when they need to. But yeah, I, I think with Oscar Baker, he's a great two way two way runner, and he's not going to get he wasn't getting many opportunities last mm. year at Melbourne. So I think this is in a spot where we need a number one mid uh, number one winger. Um, I think he's thrown himself right into the frame of, of that, and yeah, look, it's um, look, it's going to be interesting. We've got some some players that are really starting to throw their hands up for round one. And, you know, we know Artie Jones has played mm. some some pretty good uh, pressure footy as a, as a small forward. Something that's, I think he complements Cody Waitman really well. Because yeah. that's something that it's not exactly Cody's forte. No, he's not a he's not pressure he's, man. He's not a pressure forward. He's more of a sort of lead up, sort of crumbing forward. Yep. Um, but Jones, I think, is going to add a, a, a great dynamic to that, and he's going to help set the standard of of players that do Agreed, yeah. that do follow up and second and do second efforts. You know, I, I think Norton we we talked about a couple of years ago as well is a great example of, of of a key forward that does do second and third efforts. Yeah, he, he's just such a machine. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, there's no doubt at all about it. And I think you talk about the defensive and second effort work. I think that's why you, we saw, you know, Rourke in the back end of the year get a lot more games stock on the wing because, you know, he's willing to bust a gut and get back. And I think Toby McLean, his grit, I think 
that's as well. McLean having him back and his, you know, bull mentality. And also, I think that's why Garcia got a good run of games as well when he did. Is that he looks like he's willing, he's not going to be a guy kicking, you know, four a week and having 30 or 25. You know, when he played, I think he played six or seven games last year. Seven games. And I thought that his influence defensively was more important than anything. So, that I think is what's going to be exciting is that if Bevo can get into his head that, we're not going to try and worry much offensively. We've got to sacrifice a bit of that and get this all-round team clicking. Then the top four possibilities on for sure. But that's if everything's got to go right for lots. That's how you get top four, obviously. But this this team's talented, that's for sure. Absolutely. We'll go on to the MVPs now, Miller, yep. and um, it's, a, it's it's a bit interesting this one because uh, the man who won the best and fairest is uh, for the dogs last year is no longer at the club. Yeah, so can't uh, pick him. I uh, know. Well, we're not going to pick him anyway. Um, <laughs> he is absolutely 110 percent dead to me. But he, had a, he did have a good year. And he I think did, he's, Josh. He, yeah. He's gonna. He, I think he's gonna have a great year at Brisbane. Um, as much as I hate to say that, um, I'll start because I'm the dogs yeah, fan give here. Me, give me it. Uh, I think I think we need to acknowledge Tom Liberatore a bit more. I think. Yep. Um, because. I think I said I said I said this about Tom Liberatore a few I think it was 2021 I think it was a couple of years ago that the midfield the midfield walks taller when he's playing and every game that I watched there was a game against Hawthorne where he he where the dogs were I think were about four or five goals down uh, I think in the first quarter and Tom Liberatore just basically stood up and said I'm I'm not taking this shit anymore and, yeah. and he literally won contested ball after contested ball yeah. and he single-handedly got them back into that game yep. and for me, I think that's more valuable than what Bond and Pelly can do. It's more valuable to what Jack McRae can do, and they're not bad players. No, I, I think in in a, in a in a time where contested possession and clearance work is key, mm. Tom Liberatore is fast become. Well, I don't say fast becoming, but he gets that he he should be getting as more recognition than he's already getting. He's a top three contested mid player in the cup in my eyes. Yeah, finished second in the best and fairest too. So. I think when you when you go back and watch, or if you go back and watch uh, some of these some mm. of these uh, tapes, you'll find out just how important he is. Yep. And he's so good. Like sometimes he'll get away with throwing the ball out, but he's such a really good extractor. Yeah, he, he, you'd have him up there with Lockie Neal in terms of being able to win the ball from the source and extract it out to your outside runners. That's exactly what he's good at. Yep. No, I hundred percent agree. And um, oh, that's a really good chat. I like that though. I like that indeed. What about you, Miller? Well, I'm going to a, a not just even an A3 favourite, but a favourite of just Foopy in general, and that's Marcus Bontempelli. I just think <laughs> oh, yes. year after year, I just still am so impressed with what Marcus has achieved, not only at what he's doing now, but what he's achieved over his career. Still only 27, so he's hitting his best this year and the next couple. So he's got some good footy out of him, but an elite year last year, and I think the real exciting thing about him is that he's come a long way as a player since the flag and... You know, he got some. He's got a lot of you know personal recognition through the All Australian. Um, he's won you know, four nominations for that. But since becoming captain, you can see his leadership's really grown, and he's probably learned a lot from defeats and victories. Um, you know, at the at the point in the finals and what it takes now to get there. And I think that he would have come a really long way personally, um, because I think that he's the critical part for mine mentally. For the dogs, I think that there's no doubt that Bont always leads by example. If he can get this group that, as we've stated, a very talented board into a game plan that is going to work, as I said, I think the sky's the limit. So he's beyond the dogs' most important player again, and just can't wait to see him play. He's just so good to watch play. Um, he just does everything he touch turns to gold. 
It's just great to watch. Yeah, and, and I think the scary thing is he finished fourth in the best and fairest last year. But the scary thing is most of the first half of the year he was playing with an injured sort of yeah. foot, which he got in, in the first game of the season. So the fact that he's still able to – he played every game at one. Yep. He averaged over a goal per game. And he still managed uh, over 23 possessions a game. There you go. Speaks volumes about what sort of character he is, what sort of player he is, yep. what sort of leader he is. Yep, absolutely. I think, he, look, if he's not in the top five players of the competition right now, which if you look at Mark Robinson's top 50, <laughs> I think he is actually. That, that just came out today. Um but uh, but he should be in that com- yeah. in the consideration as the top as a top Absolutely. five player in the league because there is no one who stands up more in a big game the way he does. Big game player always has been. Always has been since he's probably about two years old when he was playing in the backyard against his his uh, dad. I'm sure he was a big game player back then. Just ask Paul Roos how he fit about um, Marcus Bonnebelli's big game <laughs> stature. I think it was like his third game, third third or fourth game. He he kicked a, he kicked two, he kicked the last two goals of the game against Melbourne, and he just basically broke his heart, Simon Goodwin's heart, and probably Max Gorn's heart as well. <laughs> That's um, for sure. Most improved player, Miller. Um, I'll look, kick us off here, Doc. I've yeah. got a really good one. I'm going with a favourite of me and yours, Ed, Ed Richards. Oh, I, yes, Edward. I was so happy with Ed last year. Had a, he's had a very tough sort of start to his career, injury, form, being thrown back, forward, wing at times, but really found a home, I think, in defence. He's got a lot of class by boot. But one thing I think that people are still underrating, Doc, that me and you talk about constantly in the chat is – his defensive efforts, something that I think he knew that I'm not just going to have to be a ball winner and a meters game man. I'm going to have to take some defensive accountability, and particularly a team that, as we spoke about before, struggled with it. And when they didn't have Crozier and Duray last year, somebody had to play the lockdown role. And I think Ed did a really good job at it, considering he's probably had not much experience in that role. And I think that what we've seen by him by foot, his ability to cover ground, his marking is something that's really impressive for mine at his size. And I think that he's going to have another strong season, and still only twenty three. Again, great youth. You know, he's played a lot. He's played quite a few games. He played every game last year now, um, and he's played eighty five. So a good total, almost at that hundred mark. Will be probably, you know, if they get a couple of finals in, which would be nice. So you know, twenty three years old, he's done a great job, and I was really impressed with what he produced last year for sure. Average career highs all across the board last year, Ed Richards, and played twenty two games, which yep. is the highest. Uh, number of games in a season he's played since his debut. Doesn't shock since me. Since his debut season. He's so, a gun. We love him. No, he's a fantastic player, Ed Richards. Uh, he didn't have a good run in 2021, had a lot of injuries. Mm. Um, sort of, we were discussing, I think, end of 2021, where exactly where was he, he go? Where exactly he was at, because I think he was getting a little bit of interest from other yeah, clubs. Yep, he was. Um, so, yeah, no, well done to him. Um, Who have you got, Doc? Oh, look, I'll, with, I'll, with an, I want to give a special shout out to Cody oh, Waitman okay, for kicking. Yes. Kicking thirty six goals ten, that was career high. Uh, you didn't you didn't exactly notice it, but I think he was uh, uh, quite a potent scoring threat. Scoring threat. Thirty six ten is very good. Thirty six ten is very good, especially when taking into account that he has a, that he played with a dislocated elbow for yes. for a, for a big slab of the season. Yep. But I want to go back on a um, Ryan Gardner because a couple of years ago when I was in, I was talking to you boys in the chat and I was sort of calling for his head after he kicked, <laughs> let Eric Hitwood kick like five really easy ones. Um, but from that point on, he just slowly gets better and better and better. There's nothing flashy to his game. No, I, I don't think he. And I don't think he needs to. He's the kind of guy that you just want to kill the contest every single time. And he and I thought he held up his own more often than not last Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Yep. I'm just going to whip up his stats real quickly. But he played every game but one last year. Played played the 22 games, but averaged career highs 
in almost every statistical category. 5.2 marks is a career high. That's up on three marks yep. uh, last year, uh, in 2021, sorry. Um, 11 disposals, that's up five on, on 2021. Uh, 2.5 rebound 50s and uh, nine one percenters as well. Which, Gee, that's all right. Which is up from uh, 6.8 in 2021. That's very good. So he's he's definitely found a spot, and I think... Yeah. You can see, you can see uh, he's going to be missed in the first couple of weeks um, because yeah absolutely look there's no doubt that Jones can hold his own there's no doubt that Keithy's going to find his form again but Gardner's a an, an ultimate professional player like he does you don't you don't ask him to be Alex Rance and take intercept marks you, yep. you just ask him to stop stop his direct opponent from from getting his hands to the yep. ball and he done and he's done it more often than not. Uh, last year, it's going to be critical that Bruce fills that role <laughs> while he's gone and not try to do too much, Brucey. It's a big, uh, it's a big year for Josh Bruce. It's important year, very important year, given you know where he's at physically and his age, um, and as we've talked about the the talent still coming through in the tour department for the dogs. Yeah. So, well, the th- the thing about that is, I think I think we'll see him play forward at some point this year because you. I don't think Norton is going to play 22, 22 games, 23 games. No. I don't expect Jamara is going to play 23 games. Someone's going to get hurt over the course of the season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not by me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, no but, I agree, though. But, yeah, no, he'll, he'll be important depth-wise uh, to start the year, Josh Bruce. So, mm. with that, Miller, we go to the year ahead, and already there's they, they've got a tough start to the year. Yeah. Um, you know, Mel, Melbourne, Melbourne at the MCG, and the way that they uh, handled your mob – on the weekend, Miller, mm. it's it you know it do- doesn't fill me with much confidence going into the game, especially especially at the MCG. Yeah, it'll be tough. But they also play they 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 play St Kilda round two. I think they I think should they, win that. That's that's a game they should win. I think Richmond Richmond's in there. I think round four. Yep, and Brisbane just before that. Yeah, Brisbane. That's the Josh Dunkley revenge game too. So tough six weeks though. But even following the Richmond game round four, you got Port in in Port, um, and Frio at Optus. So. I th- Tough six weeks to start the season. That's th- for sure. These six weeks define the season for mine. I've always, I've always maintained that how you start the, uh, the how you start the year, first four, five, six games, give or take. Well, the dogs don't start the season well usually either. Yeah, well, look, they've been a bit, been they've been a bit here s- and there, spotty. They've been a bit here and there over over the last. I think twenty twenty one they were six zero. Which is very, which was which very unlike you. Yeah, very, very <laughs> unlike us. You, usually by round three we bottle up something. Um, I want to see us at least be level at three and Should three be, up oh, after round six. Yeah. I think I, I think th- you can beat Melbourne. I think we can beat Melbourne. I think St. I think St. you should beat St Kilda. St Kilda's uh, a must win. The I, dogs in Brisbane fifty fifty. I'd say I'd give us a slight chance though. At, yeah, at, I'd say fifty fifty at, at Marvel at Marvel Stadium. Us at the G is always tough. I uh, don't. Uh, what a shit time that is. Yeah, four thirty-five. I don't understand that one. On a Saturday, that should be a prime Saturday or Friday night game. I mean, I mean it was handed Friday night the last couple of years. Now it's been ditched. <laughs> now it's been ditched. But um, and I reckon you'll beat Port in Port. We always have. We've we've had a good recent history against Port at the Adelaide Oval. So yeah. I, I I I back us in against them. Can't have flashbacks to the final. So, uh, <laughs> and, but I think Freo in Perth. This will be a bit Gabberess this year. Doc, I reckon Freo are going to put up a strong performance at home this season. Yeah, absolutely. I but think, it's very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's look, it's very tough. Right? Yeah. I, I think if we can st- if we can be even at three and three, it will it will set us up for the rest of the year. Um, I think you can be four and two. Four and two would be a good result because look, a lot of these games are fifty fifty, and I expect we'll probably lose a couple of them by very minimal margins. 
So look, even four and two would be great. I'd be over the moon. But three and three is something that I would, you know, some might call it a sign of mediocrity. But I think, given the the nature of the competition, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be very tough. Where do you see yourself ladder wise come the end of the year? That's the big question, I suppose, burning for lots of people. I, it's hard to say, really. I think at the very, very bare minimum, top six. Yeah, I think so as well. This team needs to be pushing for top four, and it needs to be pushing for top four now. Like, I, I cannot mm. – I don't think any dog supporters can wait to, no. to see this team flourish in the top two in the next couple of years. I think they need to go now. Well, I think top four, yeah, has to be expected. Um, because I can't – as I said, I can't see any excuses. Yeah, Yes, it's a very deep competition we've got. We've talked about it. There's about 12 teams that can make the eight. But there is probably only about – maybe six or seven that can make the four. And I think the dogs are in that bracket. So if they are, you know, show that they're cut above, this is this is the time now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, double ups, they play Richmond twice, Port twice, Fremantle twice, Hawthorne twice, GWS twice. And because the AFL loves us so much, they're giving us Geelong twice as well. Well, you should pump Hawthorne and GWS twice. Yeah, I, I think so. I think GWS are a bit of a wild card right now. I reckon you beat Port twice. I reckon you'd beat us once, and I reckon you'd beat Geelong once. Yeah, well, we'll play, well, we got Richmond at Marvel. So. And who was the other team that you said? Freo. Freo. Yeah, Freo. See, I reckon they'll be tough to beat this year. They will be tough to beat. I don't know about... I, I think Maybe split it as well. I think that's a 50-50 game at Marvel. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I agree. At our best, at our best, we can beat Fremantle at Marvel. Um, so, but, so you say top four, but where do you put yourself, Doc? You're going to give yourself a ladder position. I'd say... I'd say fifth or sixth is a number. I've got it. I'm I'm going to put us fourth. Yep. I'm going to put us fourth. That's fair. I, I did 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 the ladder predictor. Uh, yes. Did the did the ladder predictor last night? Um, it took took me a while because it kept bloody refreshing. Yeah, squiggles kept, good like that. Because my phone kept bloody refreshing. It's like, oh yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but no, look, I, I think top four wouldn't be wouldn't be too disappointed if they finished top six. I think they need to at least be yeah. in the top six. They can't just fall into the eight again. That's just that's just not going to. I don't think it. I don't think eighth or seventh would impress anyone. That's just not going to cut it for, for for me as a dog sport. It's just not going to cut it. Mm, agreed. Um, but yeah, on that bombshell, I think we're going to uh, we're going to end. I mean, that's bloody good. Uh, I, I, well, it is bloody good. <laughs> on on that, we're gonna we're gonna finish it up here. Um, stay tuned because we've got some bumper episodes coming up in the next couple of oh, weeks. Yes. We've got the season coming up. Um, if we haven't done your uh, your team, uh, don't fret because we're going to go through every team. And where we think they're going to fish on the ladder. Yep. Alex Miller's got some predictions as well. I've got some predictions as well. No doubt, Alex Catalano's got some predictions as well. And uh, we've got some AFLW stuff coming up as well for the uh, for the fans of yep. the women's game. The um, the off season signings keep on kicking on. Lucy McAvoy just signed at Sydney, which is ridiculous. And and Callum McGutless, they got oh. no one left. <laughs> Don't think Carlton will fill the team by the time we get to, <laughs> by the time we get to August Miller. Um, but with all that said. I've been out. Oh, actually, no. Our socials. Socials. Get around them. Oh, Facebook, A3 Footy Podcast. Our Instagram, A3 Footy Podcast. Catch us on Twitter at A3 Footy. A3 Footy Gmail. Uh, A3 Footy at gmail.com if you want to throw us an email. Tell us how good we're doing. Tell us how bad we're doing. Whether or not we've got give us something. A serve. Yeah, give us a serve. Um, all. all criticisms and, and feedback is welcome. As we said, we've been loving the love as well, Doc. We've appreciated all the support recently. Absolutely. We've been uh, we've been getting a, we've been getting some good some good feedback on the uh, on the on the Apple podcast as mm. well. So we, we love that very, very much. We love it. And until the next episode, I've been Alex Doherty. I've been Alex Miller. And Alex Catalano somewhere in, in America, but he'll be back. He'll be back. Stay tuned.
Ciao.